Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Be changed. Be available. Be ready for what God will do. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Hey, how's it going, Vineyard Church? Y'all doing well? Okay. Y'all ready for Christmas yet? Some of y'all are like, heck no. But I'm ready. I'm ready. I love church. I love the, the Christmas season. I love Christmas because there's so many memories associated with the holiday. I uh, remember asking for something I just had to have when I was a kid. Man, I was like, mama, 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 mama. I, I want me a Sony Walkman. Sony Walkman. Now, some of y'all young people alive, y'all, y'all have no idea what this is. I get it, okay? But this place, this place tapes, okay? There was like the holy grail of portable music, okay? That was our iPods when it was in style. But anyways, I wanted mama, 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 I want a Sony Walkman, Sony Walkman. Two weeks before Christmas, I'm looking around the house for something. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking around. I'm looking. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for stuff. And I open up closet after closet. And one closet I open up, I'm looking in. And whoa, lo and behold, what do I see on the tippy top shelf looking at me? A Sony Walkman. And I was like, oh. I could have swore there was a choir of angels singing Gloria. Like, mama. I got a Walkman for Christmas. I like God. I'm gonna keep this between you and me. I'm gonna keep this between you and me. By the end of the day, everybody in my family knew I was getting a Sony Walkman for Christmas. <laughs> Why? Because I couldn't contain the joy. I had joy, unspeakable joy, because of that Sony Walkman. Listen, for two weeks straight, your boy couldn't have a bad day. Okay. I mean, if I encountered a problem, if I encountered a negative situation, had a negative interaction, I was in a good mood. Your boy was good. Your boy was Gucci. Why? Because I looked forward to the day where I was getting me that Sony Walkman, baby. You know what I'm saying? Put me in a good mood. I was thinking about all the good things that Walkman was going to bring to my life, all the value added and all that, man. Come on. Then Christmas came and went. And inevitably and sadly, the joy of the Walkman came and went. And then I found myself looking for joy. I found myself hunting for joy, looking for joy to to fill me up. Because I was like, you know, uh, looking for that next big thing, like that gift to fill my joy. And it was in this waiting period that I felt my joy grow more and more incomplete. Some people here can resonate with that, maybe. I mean, we're in the midst of the Christmas season, and we have a crescendo. Maybe we're experiencing a crescendo of joy till that Christmas day. Then when the season passes and all the glamour and glitz of the season passes, and you're probably looking for that next big thing to bring you joy again. And it's in this period of waiting that can be really hard. But what happens when that Next big thing just doesn't come. Or that next big thing lets us down because it just doesn't ever measure up. Let's take it a step further. Some of us are probably waiting for a promise that's been spoken over your lives to come to fruition. 
Some of us are probably in a period where the season is hard. The, the, this, this, this pressing in has been hard. The waiting has been hard because you are going after a breakthrough and it's just not happening. So how do we, how do we resist the temptation to grow weary? The temptation to grow frustrated, to even, even grow bitter because we're disappointed or even callous. We've been in this series entitled The Invitation, saying yes to Holy Spirit. And last week, we learned that it's in the yes that we can receive his peace. So the question I want to wrestle with today is how can I stay in my yes when the waiting gets hard? How can I stay in my yes when the waiting gets hard? Let's pray, and we're going to get it in. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come. We pray, Lord, that you do what it is you want to do. You say what you want to say through this message, Father God, that we not only can walk away with a better understanding of joy, but how we can apply it to our lives, Father God. May this, this, this message be a sticky message, Lord in the hearts and minds of the people here today. In Jesus' name, and, and all God's people said amen. amen. Amen, amen. One of the reasons why I think waiting can be so tough is because, man, it can eat at your faith. It can, it can really eat at your faith. I mean, I read in Scripture, you know, uh, of inheritance of healing. I read in Scripture that I have inheritance of healing coming at me. I, I hear prophetic word after prophetic word that I'm going to be healed. I see, I see it with my eyes. I can feel it. I can sense I have the faith for it. Man, I've had people pray for me left and right. I pray for myself, but I still have diabetes. And, I, and I've been waiting for years, 20 years or such, I've, I've, or, or, or something. I've been waiting for this diabetes to go. But I'm still pressing in for my healing. I'm still going to keep going after the healing. I'm still contending. But to be honest with you guys, the waiting can get hard. The waiting can get hard. Especially when I expect things to happen. The waiting can get hard. Some people here are trying to fight for your marriage maybe. And the waiting period, it can be real hard. It's killing you. Some people... You probably have been praying for that prodigal son or daughter for years because they out wilding. They out living recklessly. You've been praying and it's been hard. Some might here even be waiting for that health diagnosis or prognosis to come in clear, clean bill of health, but you're not there yet. You're waiting. You're waiting. You're, you're, you're anticipating a change, but when that waiting, when that, when that solution doesn't come, when that promise isn't fulfilled, it can get hard. How can our yes be empowered when the waiting is hard? Well, there's something that comes from the heavens, guys. There's something that comes from the throne room of race that's designed to help us in our waiting. There's something there to help aid us when the waiting gets hard. You know what that is? The joy of the Lord. You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not just something that we say. It is truth. The joy of the Lord will help us and empower us in our waiting. 
Okay, well, Clay, talk to me, bro. You know, how does joy help me in the waiting? Great question. Let me get to that. But first, let's talk about what joy is and what joy isn't. Because there's, some, 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 there's a lot of things about joy that we just need to understand in, in, in line of what the Bible says about joy. Romans 14, 17 reads this. You can click there, flip there if you want, or you can check it out on the screens. It says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So joy is actually ushered from the kingdom. You know what that means? That joy being that it's ushered from the kingdom means it's not temporary. Joy is not here one minute, gone the next. Joy is not something that we feel, we get the, ooh, I'm feeling good, I'm joy, wah! And then I'm down. Oh, just left me. No, joy is eternal. Joy is here and is ever growing. Joy is here. Joy is eternal because it comes from the kingdom. The other thing about this passage I just read is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit means that Holy Spirit is inviting us to joy. See, you know how Di spoke two weeks ago how Holy Spirit is inviting us to the dance. Holy Spirit's inviting us to the dance, but he's also inviting us to say yes. And in that yes, we receive even more of his joy. Let's talk a little bit more about what joy is and what joy isn't. Hey, Clay, okay, so is, is, is joy about singing, dancing, being merry, you know, having a happy time? Oh, yes, let's go. Yeah, sure, it's about that. Sure, it's about that, but it's more than having, uh, being happy. It's more than emotions. It's more than a fleeting moment, okay? So the byproduct to godly joy is, you know, being happy, singing, dancing, but there's so much more to it. Remember, Holy Spirit's inviting us to a dance. Holy Spirit is inviting us, inviting us to the Trinity party. Hey, you know, Holy Spirit wants to have fun, but it's not limited to just having fun. It's not limited to just being happy. You see, a worldly joy is about me, 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 I, 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 I. A worldly joy has us thinking things like, well, I'm going to get a divorce because I'm just not happy. I'm going to open my fifth line of credit because the things I have isn't bringing me joy. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to turn my back on my family. I'm going to turn my back on school because I'm just not happy. The purpose of my life is to be happy, you know? The purpose of my life is to be happy. See, a worldly joy wants it to be about how we can stay on this euphoria high all the time. But a godly joy stems from putting the focus on him. See, a worldly joy wants to focus on us. A godly joy wants to focus on what he did, what he is doing, and what he will continue to do. See, worldly joy wants it about being temporary, fleeting. We've always got to be chasing after things. But a godly joy focuses on him and only him. And, and check out what else about joy is that it's freely given to sons and daughters. It's freely given to sons and daughters. Check out what it says in, in John 15, 11. It says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you 
and that your joy may be complete. I've told you this that so, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So let's break this down. So I told you this so. What, what's he mean? What did he tell? Who's he talking to? Well, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And what he basically said was that he, he was telling them, abide, abide in my love. He said, abide in my love and obey my commandments. I'm telling you that so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. What that means is, remember when Putty was speaking last week, he was saying how it's in the presence, it's in our yes that we have peace. It's in his presence. Remember the, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night? He was likening the presence of God to when you are in the presence, you receive all the things of the presence, of all the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus is saying the same thing with joy in that passage in John 15, 11. He's saying, hey, you abide in my love. You obey my commands. If you give me your full yes and nothing but your yes, guess what? You're going to receive my joy. And when you receive my joy, yours will be complete. So, Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, I'm freely giving away joy. And today, Holy Spirit is freely giving away joy to all sons and daughters of God. But we've got to be in our yes, though, to receive that joy. See, it isn't about me trying to manage my joy. Oh, I got to make sure that I'm happy. I got to make sure I'm chasing after things that bring me joy. I got to go, hey, I'm looking forward to that Star Wars. You know what I mean? Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I'm living for that Star Wars now. That Star Wars is going to bring me joy. But what happens when the credits roll? Okay, low. I'm on a low now. Now I gotta go and figure out what's gonna bring me more joy. What movie can I look forward to? What party can I look forward to? You know, I'm searching for joy. I'm joy hunting. I'm joy hunting. Jesus is like, hey, it isn't about you managing your own joy, it's about learning how to receive mine. Learn how to receive my joy. And when you learn how to receive, that's a game changer because then you're running with joy on the full all day, every day, no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. Simeon and Anna, they got this. We've been um, looking at the Christmas story and unpacking certain characters of the Christmas story. And I want to introduce you to two people that's lesser known in the Christmas story that had amazing, amazing roles. And their names, Simeon and Anna. And in Luke 2, we can read how these two were empowered to stay in their yes when the waiting was hard. But the context, here's, check the context out, okay? So they haven't heard from God. They haven't heard a word. They haven't gotten a promise. They ain't got nothing from God for 400 years. 400 years. It's crazy. The last time they heard from God was in the book of Malachi, prophet Malachi. He spoke, and he gave a lot of promises. And one of the promises that he gave, I want to share, it, it, he said this, but for you who fear my name, sons, daughters, who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. We're talking about Jesus. And you will go free, leaping with joy, like calves let out to pasture. Leaping with joy like calves let out the path. Church, this was the promise. It, it sounded well. It sounds good, except for it was 400 years ago. They're clinging to promises that were 
400 years old? Let me put this into context for a minute. It's 2019. 400 years ago, it was 1619. Bro, Malachi, you are talking about me being free? It's 1619, bro. It's 2019, man. My great-great-great-great-great-grandfather didn't see the promise. My great-great-great-grandfather didn't see the promise. And now, generation after generation after generation, there are people who did not see the promise of being free. It's crazy. 1619, I Googled it. I looked at it, and it, it was, it's funny. It's crazy. It's not funny. It's actually, I think, um, crazy. But, <laughs> but that was the year that the first boat of slaves came to our country. I was like, dang, God, what? Okay, it's crazy. So imagine if you had a promise to be set free, to be liberated from your bondage. Just imagine with me that your ancestors, your ancestors' ancestors were there, and they were like, yo, we're going to get a promise. We're going to be free. We're going to be free, sucker. Yeah. And they die. I don't see no promise. I didn't see a promise either. My, my next generation didn't see a promise. The next generation didn't see a promise. And here you are, 400 years later, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? I'm not seeing no promise either. The faith is probably drying up. This was Simeon and Anna's reality. This is what they had to go through. But check this out. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. They got joy. They got joy. Why? Because there are two ingredients. There are two components of joy that they rocked in, that they, was, they were rolling in, that they were, they, were, they were down with. They were down with understanding. Two ingredients. Yeah, you cooking with clay. Okay, let's go. Cooking joy, cooking with clay. Okay. Two ingredients, and it's this. Trust and expectation. Okay, those are two things, of joy, two components of joy that we must understand. Trust and expectation. Trust, first, trust, let's go there. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Remember, saying yes to God does not mean I have to understand the why, but be obedient to the what. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do I trust that God is good all the time and all the time that he is good? Then if I truly trust in God with all of my heart and I'm leaning not into my own understanding, then guess what? I'm going to go ahead and step into the what and let the why work itself out. So I'm trusting. First ingredient, trust. Do we trust in the Lord that he is good? We hear that so much, but let's think about that. Do we trust in the Lord that he is good in our life? That can be so cliche. I'm trusting, I'm trusting, but are we trusting in him? Second ingredient, expectation. Now, whoa, expectation is a, is a good one because it has the power to help or hinder in our waiting. It has the power to help or hinder in our waiting. If I rolled up to Mickey D's drive through I'm gauging the line. I'm thinking, okay, 10 minutes, about 10 minutes to go ahead and get in line, get my order in, get my food, and peace out. You know what I'm saying? I'm, okay, I'm out. 10 minutes. But if I get in line, it takes me 30 minutes to even place my order. I'm like probably getting on the phone, calling somebody. Yo, Mickey D's taking so long. These guys. I'm getting antsy. I'm getting frustrated in the waiting. 
I'm probably going to skirt. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to Burger King. I'm probably going to just bounce. I, I'm not going to wait. Now, because Why? Because I'm expecting it to take 10 and it's really taking 30. So my expectations have been checked and challenged. I went to, um, to do curbside pickup for groceries the other day. You can order online your groceries at a grocery store with, with Wilmaine Nameless. And you, you got a grocery store, you can get, you know what I mean? And then you go, you, you, you set the time. Three o'clock was when my goods were supposed to be delivered. Three o'clock was when my groceries were promised. I get there at three o'clock. They're talking about, I'm sorry, we're taking too long. We're going to have to wait. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm calling them up. Hey, where are my groceries at? You, you good? You guys good? Um, oh, you're, you're not even on the list. Okay, I'll put you on the list. What? What's going on? I'm calling baby. Baby girl, you said that it was going to 3 o'clock. It's 3.30. Okay, okay. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. 40 minutes pass. 50 minutes pass. An hour pass. I'm like, yo, I'm, out. I'm still out here in the curbside waiting to get pick up. What's going on? I'm calling again. Y'all, y'all good? Yeah, we probably got someone older doing your order. Oh, man. <laughs> Shout out to the seniors. I love y'all. But do not sign up to pick up anybody's groceries, okay? Just, just chill. Just chill. See, like, it's probably someone old. I'm like, y'all, what? what's going on? An hour and a half. I eventually peel out of there. I'm out. Why? Because expectations say that my groceries, the promise was supposed to be fulfilled at 3 o'clock. It is now 4.30. I'm taking my butt home. I was, the waiting was hard for me because the expectations. So when you put these two ingredients together, you have joy. Okay? You have joy. Here, here's the deal. Joy is trust and expectation in the goodness of God. Joy is trust and expectation settled in the goodness of God. When we have joy, we are settled. We know that we know that. We know that God is good all the time. All the time he is good. His plans and promises for me are good. Everything that he does all around me is good. So I am so trusting and expecting and settled. I'm trusting and expectation settled in the goodness of God. Forgive me, I got the joy percolating. I'm sorry. Trust and expectation settled in the goodness of God. And I can take that to the bank. Jesus, he adds more perspective about joy. In Matthew 5, 11 through 12, he says this, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Whoa! I don't really want to go through that. I don't. If, if, if I'm being honest, I don't like when people come at me like that. But Jesus, he carries on. He says this, Rejoice! A.K.A. have great joy. Why? And be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What? I don't want to go through that pain. But God is saying when you go through tough times, you still can have joy. Why? Because the joy set before you. There's an expectation of what is coming at me if I continue to remain faithful in God. 
There's expectation of joy. There's a reward before me that I can press into. I have the reward now, and I have more reward coming. I'm like a kid that's always anticipating Christmas for the rest of my life because of the gift that's coming. See, worldly joy wants it to be about me and how I'm unhappy and what I need to do to get happy. A godly joy focuses on him and what he has done, is doing, and will forever do in our lives. Trust and expectation settled in the goodness of God. Simeon and Anna, they got this. And it's crazy, their story, um, how how long they were waiting and, and how long they were anticipating. But they got this because they had their trust and expectation settled in the goodness of God. Luke 2, 25 through 27 reads this. With Simeon, we're introduced to his profile. And it reads this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation Consolation means the comfort, the alleviation of the pain and suffering, okay? The consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Check this out. So Simeon is waiting, and scholars suggest that he was about 100, and some scholars even say 110 when this happened. So here he is, 110, okay, or or 100, whatever, still old, okay? And he's waiting, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Then Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, yo, Simeon, yo, I got something for you, bro. You're not going to die until you see the Messiah. Big Sims, you got faith? Okay, I'm telling you, 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 it's coming for you, bro. And he's like, oh, snap, dang, that's right. That's right, the promise is coming. So trust and expectation is through the roof with him. Joy percolating, unspeakable joy. He's anticipating the promise, Messiah. But then check it out. There's Anna. There's Anna. And check out her profile. There was also a prophet, Anna, who said girls don't speak in the church, okay? I'm just saying. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. This is crazy. Okay, so Anna has all these things happening. Not only does she not see the promise fulfilled in her life, She is 84 years old, and she's been widowed all those years. She's widowed, and the things she does, she doesn't turn her back on the faith. She doesn't throw in the towel. She doesn't complain, get bitter, grow callous, and all that. What she does is she goes straight to the temple fasting and praying, praying and fasting because she's anticipating the promise to be fulfilled in her life. What? Anna. That's faith. She got it. There was a trust and expectation in the goodness of God. 
There was a trust and expectation and settled in the goodness of God. I feel like there's some people here who can relate to Simeon and Anna. There's a promise. There's, a, there's, there's something that has been spoken over your life. There's, there's something you're pressing into. There's, there's something you want, you know, you want to press into. You want to apprehend. You want to grow or you see it with your spiritual eyes that, hey, I have the faith to access that thing, but it's not happening yet. There's a promise and you, you're in a waiting period and the waiting is getting hard. Or you're going through an insurmountable trial right now, insurmountable pain right now. And the waiting is hard. I believe that we can, we can see Simeon and Anna's life. We can be encouraged to know that there's good news. There's good news that we've been invited to this dance. There's good news that we've been invited to this joy, that we've been invited to in, be empowered in our yes when the waiting gets hard through joy, which is trust and expectation settled in the goodness of of God. And so Simeon and Anna, they encountered the fulfillment of the promise, as it says in Scripture. The promise that was made 400 plus years ago. Man, they finally, made it, they finally saw it. They finally made it happen. But in a way that I think that they weren't really expecting. Check out what I mean. So Simeon, He's uh, walking, he's, you know, going about his business. I think he was at home. Probably I can envision him being at home. And, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon him and says, hey, I want you to go to the temple right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not after your show on Netflix. Right now. And Simeon was like, huh? Let me go right now? No, he didn't respond like that. He, he obeyed. He He left. He got up and left. And it's great. It's great that he did. Why? Because the minute he got to the temple was the minute that Joseph and Mary, Mary and Joseph were at the temple. And, and he was sensing all the, 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 the fuss. He was, he was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Is, is, is the Messiah here? The Messiah here? Because there was like a big frenzy, I'm sure, in the temple. Like, oh, Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. And he's, he goes. He's running. And he's like, okay, the Messiah is here. And this is about all he can do because he's 110. You know what I'm saying? He's like jumping and everything of joy. He don't want to break anything. And he's, he's, he's like, 400 years, 400 years, I'm about to go see the Messiah, and it's a baby. It's a baby? All this time, Lord, and it's a baby? No, he didn't say that. But sometimes the promise can be fulfilled in a way that you least expect it. Lord, I want to get married, Lord, I want to get married, Lord, I want to get married, Lord. Oh, you mean to tell me I got to put my spouse first, Lord? Oh, you mean I got to communicate with my spouse, Lord? Oh, you mean I can't get intimate with my spouse anytime I want, Lord? Okay. Oh, Lord, I want kids, Lord, I want kids, Lord, I want kids, Lord. Lord, take the kids, Lord, take the kids, Lord, take the kids, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the promise can be fulfilled in ways that we least expect it to be. So he has the baby. And what's it say? What's it say in, in how he responded? He responds, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord. As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I'm sure it was like Lion King style. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation. See, yo, Simeon was like, man, God, I, I know it's a baby. Crazy, but it's a baby. You, you got a plan, and I trust. My trust and expectation so settled in the goodness of God that I don't care what it is. I don't care what you did. I don't care how you answered the promise. The promise is here, and my eyes have seen the salvation. And now I can go in peace because I am 10 years expired. I need to be out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's go. So I have the promise in my hands. But Anna, how did Anna respond? Anna responded, she followed suit. Coming up that very moment, because she was in the temple, her, her heart was already positioned to receive what God was doing. She was in the temple already, fasting and praying, inspecting, trusting, believing. She came that very moment, and she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Not only did she give thanks, but this 84-year-old woman couldn't stop telling everybody about the good news. Why? Because of joy unspeakable. Because of joy inexpressible that won't go away. Because of joy. I have a joy in my heart that's not going to shut up. I have a joy in my heart that's going to prompt me to tell everybody around who believe. Whether you believe or not, I don't care. I'm telling. I'm telling. Why? Because there's a joy inside of me. Why? Because of the angels. What did the angels tell the shepherds in the field? They were like, behold, real talk. What I'm about to tell you, it's probably going to blow your mind. But we have good news that will cause great joy to the people of God. There's a joy, a trust and an expectation that God is good all the time. And it's the same joy, guys, the good news today the good news today is that Jesus is alive. The good news today is that Jesus is alive. That because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he endured the shame, he endured the ridicule, and he went to the grave, and he rose to life, and he conquered death. The enemy's been defeated. Death cannot hold him down. Death cannot hold him down. And because he can't hold him down, it can't hold us down. The enemy's been defeated, and death couldn't hold me down. Why? Because I got a joy in my heart, and I can walk through the tensions. I can walk through the fire. I can walk through all the frustration, all the persecution, momentary light affliction, momentary heart affliction, and have joy in my heart. Why? Because of what he done, did, and is continuing to do today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And he ain't a baby anymore. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And that's the joy in my heart. My question for you is, will you step into this dance? Would you step into this dance with the Trinity, with Papa God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit? Will you step into this dance? And will you accept the invite to say yes, to receive more and more of his joy, unspeakable, his joy, inexpressible, his joy that will never spoil and never fade and never go away because it's based on him and not us. Let's pray. Father, you are... Oh,
spectacular. Everything about you, Lord, is amazing. Father, we don't want to relegate joy as just this feel-good thing and, and, and temporary thing because it's more than that. Father, teach us, Lord, what it is to have a joy inexhaustible, Lord God, with us, working on behalf of empowering our yes when the waiting gets hard. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake. And the church said amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.